Welcome to the Cross Lane Podcast, a community committed to bringing people to Jesus. Today we're talking about money and stuff. Now when you hear that, I don't want you to just reach up and turn off the radio in your head like, oh, I don't want to hear that. Okay, no, don't do that. Because hopefully today, I know this is never a real pleasant conversation. Here's what I can tell you. I'm not trying to get you to give more money to church. Okay, in fact, that is never going to come up in our conversation together this morning. I'm not even going to talk about that. Um, it's my hope that you will hear something today that will give you a little different perspective on what you have and how you have it. Um, it's my hope that, that this helps you to see how this teaching could benefit your life, right? Like that's really the goal is when you walk out of here, you're like, okay, now I've, I've got some tools. I understand some things better than I did before I walked in. I bet that if I asked the question this morning, how many of you wouldn't mind being rich? A lot of hands would go up across the room, right? I wouldn't mind being rich. That'd be a great thing. I'd love to be rich. Just about all of us can say that we know someone who is rich. Here's a question I have for you. Have you ever seen somebody that was rich <laughs> and you thought to yourself, you know, if I was rich like them, I would be a whole lot better at being rich than they are. They're not very good at being rich. You know, they're stupid rich, and they're smart rich, and I'd be smart rich. And here's the big question. How many of you think you really are rich this morning? A few hands went up. That's good. That's good. Okay, that's, you, you, you know you're in church. You know you better tell the truth. Um, here's what I know. I know that most of you don't feel like you're, you, you know, you, most of you just said you're not rich, but you, you, in reality, you'd love to be rich. You'd love to have a little bit more. Like so many people in this world, we continue to pursue things, and, and sometimes we even lust after things. And more money and more stuff, you know, we just think to ourselves, if I could just get a little bit more, if I could just get a little bit more. A study was done to find out what people would do for more money. Specifically, what would they do for $5 million? They were asked, what would you do for $5 million? And they went down a list of things. 54% of the people said they would listen to country music and only country music for the rest of their lives. Okay, sign me up. I could do that. I like country music. Yeah, give me $5 million to listen to country music the rest of my life. I can, I can do that. You're cheating hard. I, I could do it. I could do it. 47% of the people said they would have all their teeth removed. I don't know what the thinking is behind that. I guess if I'm that rich, I can buy new ones. I don't know, but um, that's what they said. Now, this takes a turn, a little dark turn, okay? 50% of these people said that they would allow a random person on the earth to be killed if they could have $5 million. Kind of dark. Dark. 23% said they would live in solitude for the next 20 years if they could be given $5 million. The people at Gallup did a poll. The question was, what is rich? In other words, if you want to be rich, at what point do you actually know, I've gotten there, I I'm rich? When do you have enough money? When do you have enough stuff? When do you say, okay, I just crossed the line into wealth and, and being rich? Uh, the responses vary depending on where someone was, and, and what I mean by that is where they fell on the economic line. And what they discovered is that those who make about $30,000 a year, and we likely have people in the room that that's you know, close to your number, 
people who make about $30,000 a year, their, their response was the average, the, average, they, the average for what they thought rich was was $74,000. If I could just get from $30,000 to $74,000, I would be rich. Then they asked people that were in the $50,000 range, what would rich be for you? And people in the $50,000 range tend to think, on average, if I could get to 100000 that would make me rich. I'd be rich at that point. Then they asked people who made six figures. And people who are making six figures look at people making 50, and they're like, well, that's not that rich, and 100000 is really not that rich. Okay, so if you're in, you know, six figures, how much money would you need to, to be rich? And the answer was $5 million. That's, that's, I would be rich if I had $5 million. <laughs> Which means if you're the joker making $2 million, you don't feel rich. Think about that for a minute. What about you? What I know about you is that you don't feel rich but you want to be rich. And so what do you do? What do I do? Many of us, we live with a continual pursuit for more. What is rich? Rich is a a moving line. When I was a younger man, starting out on my life journey and was going to start working and making my own money, I remember, this isn't in my notes, I didn't share this in this first service, but I'll tell you, when I I graduated college and I was going to start my first church and there was a two-week lull in between those so I went home to be with my mom and dad I you know mom cooked for me and took care of me for those two weeks and I had everything packed in my car walked out to to leave to go to my first new ministry she handed me a $20 bill and she said that's it (laughs) poof reality just hit me right in the face and I went to make my own money and I remember uh, I remember when I started out, I, there, there was a number out, there was a line out there. If I could just get to that, boy, I'd have it if I could just get to that. And the Lord, over time, blessed me, and one day I looked up and I was there. I was making that. What did I do? I moved the line. I moved the line. I pushed it out a little further. You know what? I worked a little harder. I worked a little longer and looked up one day and the Lord had blessed me and I had gotten to that line. And what did I do? I moved it again. See, we, we, we think that, that that line is static. That line is not static. It's dynamic. It's moving all the time. We're moving that line all the time. What do you need to feel rich? What do you need to be satisfied? Most people would say, I'm not quite sure, but it's just a little bit more. This is why Jesus talks so much about a right perspective on money. I don't know how much you read the words of Jesus. Hopefully you read them a lot. But if you read the words of Jesus a lot, one of the things you come away with is Jesus talked an awful lot about money and he talked a lot about stuff. He talked about how we handle what we have. And he said this in Luke, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. The quality of your life is not measured by the quality of your stuff. Be very careful. His words were, be on guard. Because everything in culture is shouting at you. You need this. You need that. You've got to have that. 
The dominant message that you are constantly getting is what you don't have is what you need to be fulfilled. I've been watching the basketball games, so I've been seeing lots of commercials. Yes, I know my team lost. You don't have to remind me. I'm well aware. But I've been seeing a commercial. Every time I see it, it just resonates with my heart and my soul. Hot tub, you need it. And I'm like, yes, Brett, hot tub, you need it, you know. That's what culture does. It just screams at you, whatever you don't have. And some of you have got hot tubs, and you're like, Brett, I've got a hot tub. I never use it. At one point, you thought you needed one. You went and got it. Now you don't use it. I'm not under any illusion that I would be any different than you. I think the same thing would happen. If I went and got one, eventually you get to a place where you go, you know what? It just folds in with all the other stuff that I've gotten, right? It's, it's one more thing. I pursued it, I got it, and then I went on to the next pursuit. You need more, you need more, you need to go out and get more, and then you go out and get more, and then what you find out is you're not fulfilled. It didn't satisfy, it didn't do the trick. And that's why Jesus said you've got to be on guard. Life does not consist in the abundance of stuff. In fact, Jesus told a very, uh, he made a very powerful illustration. He was telling a parable, a story. And in this story that he tells, he's talking about a farmer. He's, a kind of, he's, he's, had, he's had some good success. And he's had a record year. He's got money coming in, crops all over the place. And he says, basically, in this story Jesus tells, the farmer says, what am I going to do? I've, I've got more money than I know what to do with. I've, I've, got crop, I've had a bumper year, crops everywhere. I know what I'll do. I'll tear my barns down. I'll build bigger barns. I'll stuff them full of all this stuff that I've been able to have. And I'll just retire and I'll have my friends over and we'll just throw lots of parties. And in the story that Jesus is telling, he allows God to speak. You know, he speaks for God and says, this is what God, this is God's response when he hears this farmer talking. This is in the story. This is what God says. You fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then you will get what you have prepared for yourself. Jesus goes on and he says, This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Understand that God was not mad at this guy for being rich. God's not mad at him for being rich. This guy's a farmer. Who made him rich? God made him rich. God's the one that caused his crops to grow. God's the one that gave him an increase. God's not, you know, yelling at him or upset with him because he's wealthy. He gave him a bountiful harvest, his crops grew, but God is disappointed in this guy because this guy is not rich toward God. He he was only rich in the things of this world, and he missed being rich in the things of God. You say, Brett, what does that look like? Well, how about some gratitude? How about recognizing where it comes from? So with this in mind, I want to tell you some good news. I want to tell you some bad news. Let's start with the good news first. Congratulations, you're rich. You're rich. You say, Brad, I'm not rich. I asked you earlier if you were rich, and you, most of you said you weren't. Now, you don't feel rich because you've got more bills than money sometimes. Um, you know, money gets tight. You're rich, but you don't feel it. What we need is we need perspective. So that's what I want to do this morning. I want to give you some perspective. Now before I do all this, I want to make sure you hear me. And if you come to church here all the time, you know my heart, you know how I'm wired, and you know 
what's going on. But if you're new or if you haven't been in a while or you don't know me very well, it would be easy for you to hear what I'm about to say and think, well, he's just trying to put us on a guilt trip. I do not, that's not my goal. That's never my goal. I don't want you leaving here feeling guilty, ever. I want you to leave here and know how blessed you are. I want you to leave here and know that God's good to you, and I want you to leave here and, and have the right mindset. But I'm going to say some things that are going to be a little bit hard for us to hear. So just, you know, take your seatbelt, strap it on real good, get ready. Somewhere around 3 billion people in the world, 3 billion, live on less than $2 a day. I'm going to let that sink in for just a minute. Now here's what I know. And again, I don't say this to put you down. I don't say this to make you feel guilty. This is perspective. I'm just trying to give us a perspective to show you how rich we are. Some of you on the way to church this morning stopped and got a coffee. And you paid somewhere in the neighborhood of $5 for that cup of coffee. Not all of you, but some of you did. And again, you're not, it's not like, you know, don't, it's not like I'm pointing my finger, okay? Like, you, no, that's not it at all. But we do that, don't we? We, you know, I, my thing is I like soda. So we could use that. But, but if you stopped this morning and you got a $5 coffee, understand that someone who makes two or less dollars a day, when they see you do that, they're like, oh. That's two and a half days of work for me. We're blessed. It's all about perspective. It's all about where you live. It's all about where you were raised and, and what kind of socioeconomic, you know, kind of thing you were, you were born into. In fact, you can tell just how rich you are based on the things that upset you, right? We call them first world problems. First world problems. We go through the drive through First world problem. I'm going through the drive-thru. It takes a little longer than I wanted it to. And then I get to the end, and I'm, I think, I better check that. And I look in there, and the chicken sandwich I ordered isn't really in there. They got the fry size wrong. And I didn't get my dippy sauce. Right? And we get upset. And competence. Good work, good help is so hard to find. How about this? can't get my Netflix to sync up with my Wi-Fi so I can watch the movies I want to watch. Oh! First world problems. We, we can let it send us into a spiral into just like saying words we shouldn't say, taking it out on our spouse or the dog or, you know, because it didn't go right. Maybe you forgot your AirPods, first world problems, and you actually had to put your phone up to your ear like, a, like some kind of peasant to hear what somebody else had to say because you forgot your AirPods. You can tell how rich you are by what bothers you. Now, I'm going to be transparent and share one of mine with you. Actually, the AirPod one is pretty good. I'm, I'm, I love my AirPods. <clears throat> Here's my first world problem. I've got a really nice car, and my car has something called Apple Play. How many of you know what that is? Apple Play. 
For those of you who don't know what it is, it's like the greatest invention ever. I can take my phone, I can plug a cord into it, I can plug the other end into the car, and my car basically becomes my phone. And I can be driving down the road, and you could send me a text, and I've got a little screen there, and it'll come up with a little red dot. Boop, and your name will pop up, and I'll see that you sent me a text. If I've got this plugged in, I can see that, and I can hit the button to, or I can just say, hey, I'm sh I, didn't, I, don't, I almost did this first service too. I can't say, hey. So I just call her Ethel for, the, for our purposes, okay? Nobody's going to misunderstand that. Hey, Ethel, <laughs> send so-and-so a text. Okay, what would you like to say? And then I speak whatever it is I want her to say, and then she reads it back to me, and I, she says, is that okay? And I say, yes, go ahead and send that. And she sends it. It's awesome. Until I can't get it to connect to my phone. And then I get angry. Right? I get angry. Because it's not working. And it's this first world problem that I've got. And it's, why is it working? See how we get over, it, 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 I'm rich. I'm rich. What do you think somebody making $2, less than $2 a day, watches all that happen, and they're like, Really? That's what you're upset about. Sadly, yes. Now, try to step back and think about it. I could take my phone. I almost did this this morning just by way of illustration. I thought, no, we could get lost. I could start turning into a DJ or something. But I could have brought in a Bluetooth speaker, connected my phone to it wirelessly now, and taken requests. And somebody would have said, Johnny Cash, walk the line. I want to hear that song. And I could dial it up on an app and play it for you, and we could listen to the whole song. Inevitably, somebody would ask for something crazy like air supply, and I would say, no, we're not doing that in here. No, we're just not doing that. If you don't know who air supply is, you're a young person. <laughs> you're a really young person. I just dated myself, didn't I? Yeah. I can, on my phone, and I do this with great regularity, dial up the kind of food I want, Press a couple of buttons, put the things on there I want. I can order a pizza. In fact, I've done it so often that it, now the app says, do you want the usual? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want the usual. And I just hit one button, and it, it dials up that thing that I've ordered before, gives the amount. I hit the button for pay for it because it's already in my phone. If I wanted to, I could have it delivered to me. First world problems, man. If you drive a car, you're in the top 15% of the world's wealth. You understand that? When you leave here today, you are likely to drive past any number of restaurants. It could, the number could get up into the teens of how many restaurants you might pass on the way to your favorite one, the one that you want to sit down and eat at today. And this, at this restaurant, this is a place where someone somewhere has slaughtered a pig or slaughtered a chicken or a cow or something. They've shipped that meat to your particular restaurant where they have brought it in and they're getting ready. They're going to prepare it for you. They're going to you know, clean the plates, clean the place up, seat you, make sure your family has everything that is necessary for you to have a good meal. They're going to prepare that meal for you, deliver it to your table and sometimes we get upset because it takes a little longer than we thought it should. First world problems. 
we're rich. We, we are rich. The good news is you're rich. Now let's get real. It's possible that somebody is in here this morning and they're thinking to themselves, okay, but Brett, I have some extreme financial challenges. I have some medical bills. I, I, I'm going through a divorce. I've got, I'm a single parent. You know, I'm older, I'm on a fixed income, and I just, I don't, especially with the way things are going now, gas is more expensive, bread, Dee Dee came in and told me what she paid for bread, and I, I was like, did you take out a loan, or, I mean, I want you to hear me. I know that some of you are in situations where you're going through a financial struggle. I know that. I know that that struggle is real, and I'm not trying to minimize that at all. I'm sensitive to that. I get it. I do. But there are a lot of people in the room this morning that are actually doing okay. You're doing pretty good. You are what we would call pretty rich. If we're going to acknowledge before God that he has blessed us, that compared to most of the world, we really are rich, then what I want to do is I want to be good at it. I want us to be good at being rich. I want to be good, I want to be rich in the way that honors God so that um, he gets the glory and, and that, you know, the right things happen. But in order for me to do that, I've got to acknowledge, first of all, I'm rich. So I want you to just repeat after me, okay? This is participation time. Just repeat after me. I'm rich. It's okay. That's kind of lame. I want some confidence, okay? Show me my preaching's good. I'm rich. That's better. Okay. Now, listen, if there's a part of you when you say that, that you go, I don't want my kids to hear me say that. <laughs> right? If there's a part of you that feels guilty, if there's a part of you that kind of is, feels shame or, doesn't, or wants to hide it, or, you know, like, you want to Here's the question I would ask you. Do you do that with any other part of your life? Like, for those of you who are so rich that you have a hot tub, you dirty scoundrels, do you get in your hot tub and go, oh, I just feel so guilty? No, you don't ever do that. When you turn on your flat screen TV, I doubt any of you go, we are so rich. Nobody's doing that. You don't feel guilty in any other place where you really are rich, but somehow when it comes to just saying the words, I'm rich, it's like, oh man, I feel the guilt. I love what Solomon said. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth, who makes people wealthy? The answer to that is God makes people wealthy. People say, I'm a self-made man. No, you're not. God made you first and gave you everything you need to get wealth. If you, if you have wealth, you, God gave it to you. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions, I love this line, and the ability to enjoy them, Okay, so when God gives you something, he, he wants you to enjoy it. I'm, th th listen, I'm, my goal is not to send you out of here this morning and you feel guilty. That's not what I want. When God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil, this is a gift of God. If for a moment you feel embarrassed or apologetic or ashamed, ask yourself, in what other, other area of my blessed life do I ever feel that? And the answer is probably nowhere else. 
me illustrate this just from my own personal life, okay? <clears throat> I'm married to Dee Dee, and I love that woman. I just love her. I, I, I'm grateful. I have a great marriage. I'm grateful for what we are able to do together. I, I, I just I love her so much. Should I just go, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've got this great marriage. No, I should say, thank you. And I do, man. I, more times than I can count, have wrapped my arms around her, just brought her close to me, and, and just kind of, I'm rich, and I, and I don't, I'm not ashamed of it, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I don't like, you know, you gave me this great woman, and, and but, you know, I, I just feel like, I, you know, I'm ashamed of it, I, I feel guilty, no, I don't, that's not how I do it, some of you t- are taking great vacations right now, I'm happy for you, some of you are getting new cars, or your new houses, uh, hot tubs, Talked to some good friends of mine last week. They're getting a new pool. I'm happy for them. They've got kids. It's going gonna, gonna to be wonderful. Don't apologize for the blessings that God gives you. But in this one area, for some reason, when we just start to acknowledge, you know what, I'm rich. We're like, oh. Uh. No, say it like you mean it. Say it like it is because it's from God and it's a blessing. I'm rich and God has blessed me. Thank you, God, for making me rich. The good news is, you're rich. The bad news is, what? You're rich. You're rich. It really is. It's bad news. It can be. Being rich actually puts us at a spiritual disadvantage. Do you understand that? In fact, Jesus had a conversation with a, a, a young fellow, had a lot of money, a lot of stuff. And this stuff was so important to him that it kept him from following Jesus. And this is what Jesus said to this rich, powerful young guy. He said, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? And then he's going to answer it. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. I think in the Holy Land there might be a gate. And the gate's not very big. It's so small that a camel couldn't fit through it. And I think that Jesus, some people, scholars think that Jesus was actually referring to that gate. The good news is you're rich and you're blessed. The bad news is you're rich and you are at a tremendous spiritual disadvantage. Why? Because you already have a roof over your head and you've got food in your pantry and gas in your car. And you're paying more for them now, yes, but you've got them. And you have been deprived of the privilege of laying in your bed at night and praying this prayer, God, please give me my daily bread tomorrow. And I'm calling it a privilege. Most of you, myself included, I put myself first in this. I not one time in my life ever, maybe one time, there was one little period where <laughs> things were a little shaky, but I'm not really, honestly, probably no. I've not ever really gone through a time in my life where I was worried that I wasn't going to have something to eat that day. Where I worried that I wasn't going to have heat in my house or, or transportation. I've never had to worry about any of those things. 
And so we've been deprived. If we've never been brought up to that level of dependence on God, it's a privilege to be able to pray prayers like that, to, have, to, to need God on such a level that you need him to come through for you because you've got nothing. And most of us, let's be honest, we've got enough stuff that if we want to, we can forget all about God because we do it all the time. And so you probably haven't had to pray that prayer because more than likely you've got enough food in your cupboard and you've got enough gas in your car. It's also a disadvantage because we are so distracted. We have rich people problems and rich people options. We're so rich and blessed that we are overwhelmed and exhausted and tired from managing all of the options. Whoo, I went to the lake over the weekend. I am worn out. Whoo, I just mowed my two acres of grass on my big 360 turn radius mower. I'm beat. Right? I mean, we get in arguments with our spouse because, you know, we haven't kept up maintenance on this thing or that thing or we haven't done that or you know we've just got all this stuff that we've got to manage and it brings anxiety and it causes sometimes it causes problems if you don't believe that's true just go to any developing nation here's what's going to happen you're going to fly in you're going to get off the plane and as the as almost immediately when you get away from the airport and the surrounding stuff that's there to kind of get your money when you start getting out into the villages and you get out into the bush or you get out away from things, what you're going to encounter is poverty on a level you've never seen in your life. And you will see skinny little kids with nothing. Parents with nothing. And you will feel compassion. And you will want to help and you will feel so sorry for them. But if you stick around, stay for three or four days, then something else starts to happen. You begin to realize they don't have some of the things you do, and you're jealous. They don't have the, the anger. You know, they've, they've, <laughs> they're not anxious over the stuff they've got. They're not, they don't have to keep up with a bunch of things. They don't have a bunch of stress and anxiety because they've got to maintain a yard and the pool and the, the hot tub. They don't have the burden of managing stuff. And then if you stay for six or seven days, you might find a small part of yourself getting really, really jealous because you start to realize, you know what, they've got a relationship with God that I could only dream of. They, they, they're, they, they appreciate their community. They adore God. They value, when they've got their family around, that's everything to them. Simplicity, they've got simplicity, they've got intimacy, and you see it and you're like, I want that. I've got all this stuff at home and I'm looking at them and I'm actually jealous because they seem to have more than me and I'm the one that's rich. Sometimes it's a disadvantage to be rich. It's also a disadvantage because of this. To whom much is given, much is required. Much is required. You can truly enjoy what God has given you, and that honors God, but God also expects more because we are blessed. We truly do have a greater responsibility. And the whole time we're rich, every single day, culture shouts at us, what you don't have is what you need to feel fulfilled. Listen, Super Bowl just happened. I forget exactly what this number is. I think that if you think that advertise, see, 
Advertisers, in order to convince you to buy their car, have to convince you that the car you have is not good enough. That's what they got to do. They got to convince you the one you've got is not good. They got to convince you that the clothes you're wearing are not stylish enough or not good enough. You need better clothes. Lily has been preaching at me for all week that I need a better phone, right? Phone I've got's janky, according to Lily. I need a new phone. And they're willing to give me one for free. And what, what they tell you, I think, I'm back to the Super Bowl. I saw a squirrel. I had to go there. I think they paid $2.3 million for 30 seconds for a commercial spot for the Super Bowl. You think your attention isn't valuable to them? You think they don't have an agenda? You think that there's not something behind all this advertising? Culture bombards us. You need a thinner TV. You need a better cell phone. You need a better purse, better shoes, better watch, better sunglasses. Better backpack, better speakers, better flooring, better car, better appliances. Let's not even talk about vacations. Because what you don't have is what you think you need to really be happy. Again, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm trying to put in perspective for you and for me, believe me, for me, that we really are rich. And we get deluded into thinking, we let culture convince us that we're not, that we're missing out, that we're, we, need, we need that to fit in with the rest of them. I need that, you know, <laughs> you need that to be cool. Wish I had a nickel for everything I bought that I thought would make me cool. Here's what I've learned. Brett, you're approaching 60. Cool left you a long, long time ago, brother. Okay. And that's why Jesus said, be on your your guard, because a person's life, what really matters doesn't consist in the abundance of things and your money and your stuff. And I know this about you because I know this is true of me. We know this in our heads, but our lifestyles don't often reflect what I'm talking about. And if you're really honest with yourself, you might say, yep, I am spending more than I make. Why? Because I, I bought into the lie that the more stuff I have, the more important I am and the more fulfilled I'm going to be and the happier I'm going to be. And if I can just get that, whatever that is, I'll be happy. The way most of us live in, 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 in this culture today, you know, we really do believe that more will make us happy. Here's what we've got to understand. Whenever we believe the lie, and it comes at us all the time, it's coming at us every day, all day, Whenever we believe the lie that money, things, or stuff is going to make us feel happy, we have to recognize that we are under the curse of money. There's a curse, and we come under it. When we start to believe that our problems can be solved by more money and more stuff, that's a curse. Listen, more money will not help your kids stay off drugs. More money will not heal your cancer. More money will not take your depression away. More money won't fix any of those things. We don't need more of what is temporary. We need more of what is eternal. We need more Jesus. More Jesus. More Jesus. I want, I want to be under the power of something more powerful than this world. I want to be under the power and under the blessing of the eternal living 
God, where there is true blessing and an honoring of God. I love what Paul said to Timothy. Timothy was this young pastor, and so Paul was going to talk to him and write to him and tell him what he needs to say to his people. Like, Paul, this is something going on in your church. You need to address this. And so he's trying to mentor him, and he's talking, he says, write this to the rich people. Now, when he said, write this to the rich people, if Timothy were writing, he would have been writing to me and you. So we understand that, right? We're rich. And Timothy would have been writing to us. And this is what Paul says. This is what you need to say to him. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, I love this, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. God wants to bless you. He wants you to enjoy the things that you have. He, he, he really does. God gave it to you. He loves you. He, he, he provides. He's a good God. He loves to bless his children. And when he blesses you, he expe- expects you to bless other people. He expects you to be generous. He expects you to give some of that away. He expects you to share. He doesn't just give it to you just to give it to you. That's the thing. See, we get paid and we're like, oh, that's all for me. Don't ever look at your paycheck or anything that you've given as if it's all for you. It's not. He didn't give it all to you. He gave you some extra so that you can share. So enjoy it. Spend it on your family. Have a, a, you know, a nice place to live. There's nothing wrong with any of that. I'm not, I'm not trying to shame you or make you feel guilty because you have those things. But it is not all for you. To whom much is given and pretty much all of us have been given a lot, much is expected. And that's why Paul continues, and God says this to us, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, get this, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Because you know one thing for sure, you buying more stuff does not really make your life better. It doesn't. It may temporarily for a moment make you happy, but it fades pretty quick, and you just want more. Be generous. Be willing to share. Be rich in good deeds so that you can take hold of life, that which is truly life. Andy Stanley says this. I love this. God has blessed me more than I need. I am rich. I love that. I I want us to say that together, okay? We're going to break it down in three parts. I'm going to say it, then you repeat it. You ready? Here we go. God has blessed me with more than I need. I'm rich. He goes on and he says this, But I will not trust in my riches, but in him who who richly provides, because I have more, I will give more, I will do more. The good news, and it's really good news, you're rich, you're blessed. The bad news is you can be distracted. You are at a spiritual disadvantage, and more is expected of us because we're rich. God has blessed me with more than I need, but I will not trust in stuff, but in the one who richly provides because God has given me more. I am called, I am equipped, I am empowered, and I am honored to share what he has given to me with those around me to help, to see that it's just not all for me. Temporary things of this world will promise, but not deliver. 
and you listen to God on this issue, what you find is he gives you something richer than that. He gives you something deeper than that. He gives you something that is eternal that will really, really fill up your life. I hope this has been helpful for you again. I don't, my goal is not that you leave here feeling guilty. That's not the goal. The goal is that you leave here recognizing, hey, I'm rich and I've got a responsibility. Let's pray together. Father, I pray as we leave this place that there's some server somewhere that's going to wait on one of the people that just heard this message and that server is going to be blessed beyond measure with a tip they can't even believe. I pray that we would leave here with an attitude that we want to bless the world, that we see that you've given us more than we need and you've given it to us for a reason so that we can share. And that as we share, we look an awful lot like Jesus. Help us, Father, to, to, to take this in, to live it out, to reflect your glory. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.